0: Welcome to another episode of the Training for an Eternal Crown podcast. Uh, this is Reed coming to you with our last episode as we walk through our idol study. Uh, hard to believe we're going through. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope it's helped you identify modern day idols in your own life and in uh, the life of your group or the people that you're going through this study with. Um, and I hope it's been a great resource for you. Uh, and so today we're going to really wrap up this study Uh, it's a chapter titled Saved by Stuff. Um, and this is really just kind of encapsulating everything we've been walking through for the past, uh, handful of weeks, uh, and really is an opportunity to speak the gospel into your own life, but also share the gospel into the life of your group. And so we'll walk through that this week. We won't really be recapping like we have in weeks past, uh, Just kind of focusing on this week and really how to share the gospel in light of idols, in light of having idols in our lives, which can really be encapsulated just by stuff, by things, things that are made, as we've learned in the past uh, handful of weeks. But really just want to kind of share that objective. And really, hopefully we can find an answer to the question of, you know, what can save, what can secure, what can we truly put our hope in, and, and hopefully answer this question, rather, who who that person is. Um, I think this study does a great job of just kind of wrapping things up and tying a bow in this chapter specifically on just, you know, the things we depend on for a false sense of security, the things that we depend on to ultimately give us purpose, um, when really those things are just solely found in the blood of Jesus Christ himself. Uh, So I really just want to walk through that. Um, And I think through this study, just to kind of have some kind of review, you know, Really, more than anything, we've seen the things that idols aren't, the gospel is. The things that idols aren't, the gospel is. Uh, and kind of a good teaching point for you this week. But just, just to name a couple of things, idols are you know self-obtained. They're things that we have made ourselves, that we have created or formulated or felt like we could take hold of, wrap our hands around to depend on. Uh, where the gospel is a free gift. This is a free gift bought by the blood of Jesus, not for our own payment, but a gift given to us through, the, through Jesus uh, by grace and through faith alone. Um, idols are self-glorifying, so they're going to elevate ourselves, make ourselves feel better or be seen better. Um, they're going to bring glory and elevation to our own person, whereas the gospel glorifies God and our obedience to Jesus and submission to who he is and the sacrifice and the life that he lived all brings glory and honor and praise to God and God alone third idols were you know we're enslaved to them it's costly it costs us something uh, to really be totally enslaved to whatever that idol is if it's baseball we have to constantly try to be the best baseball player we can be if it's money we constantly have to try to earn and earn and earn to keep up with that status or that image of money in our lives whereas the gospel was bought for you just like we said uh in that in that first point the gospel was bought by jesus and is invites you to come just as you are you don't have to become something before you come to the gospel you you come a broken empty center with nothing to offer and Jesus accepts you anyways and brings you into his kingdom and gives you a new life he gives you new life a new purpose a new heart a new mind to see his things and know his word um, and just to name a few um, I hope that you know what? This is kind of what we've seen. Just a recap of what we've seen in our idol study. That what idols are not. The gospel is, and like I've been saying, more than anything, this is the opportunity in this study this week to share the gospel with uh, your teams. If you're coaching the fall league with your teams, or if you're going through this study, to just really meditate on what the gospel is. Specifically, what the gospel is. What that me- word means. How, it, how we see it, how we accept it, um, and how it ultimately changes not only our lives, but our eternity. And that's really just in a, in a couple short minutes here what I want to walk through you with. And I think there's, you know, I was trying to think about a story in the Bible that would kind of speak the gospel over an idol or be able to just for us to identify as we've walked through the study with a time that Jesus in his ministry really spoke the gospel into a similar situation as this. Uh, And so we're going to be, I'm going to be kind of just walking through on top of John 3.16, which is the scripture of the uh, chapter saved by stuff, which, again, is just another emphasis to share the gospel through that scripture alone. Um, But also want to look at Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11. This is uh, commonly known as the story of the prodigal son. Um, this is kind of the story that I want us to look at, uh, just cause I think it gives us a glimpse and hopefully a couple of you listeners or the people that you share this with can identify with the story of this prodigal son and what he left his family, left his father for, uh, how he ended up and ultimately how he comes back to his family. Um, I hope that this is an identifying factor for you, uh, as we study. And so I'll kind of try to break it up into three different sections. We'll start by just kind of where um, where this prodigal son begins. And so in verse 11, Jesus says, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of this estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. And so right off the bat, we see a son who is trying to gain something for himself. And in this case, it's his inheritance or his share, his property of the estate from his father. Uh, And for a lot of us, idols start very similar, no matter what that idol might be. God, give me mine. You know, I deserve this. Everything's okay. You know, if if I, ha- if I had to stop, I could. It's really not that bad. Times are different now. Like, God, I just need this. I, I need this in my life to be, or I need this in my life to feel a certain way. And that's how it always starts, this inward need that we're trying to find separate from who our true Father is, and just a separate anything separate from the gospel or separate from Jesus and this younger son does the same and as you can see just very quickly we're not even really into the meat of where this son gets ends up before you know ultimately realizing his mistake he squanders his wealth with wild living and i can think of a handful of times in my own life where anytime i try to make my own decisions with god's you know provisions it i'm ultimately left Making a mistake. Anytime I try to take control or do things according to my flesh or my own will that I'm not ever filtering through the word or through what Jesus has for my life, I'm probably going to end up fumbling that. I'm going to boot it. I'm going to make an error and things aren't going to be, I'm not going to handle it how I could have if I just would have followed the will that God had for my life in whatever situation or circumstance that might have been. And this son, does the same uh he squanders his wealth in verse 14 we'll pick up reading it says after he had spent everything there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating but no one gave him anything so I mean this guy ends up broken. He's he's empty, he's poor, he's in poverty. And idols in our lives, we're gonna be spiritually poor. We're gonna be material rich, but spiritually poor. And where our outside looks like we're robust and we're successful and we're flourishing. We all know, any of us who have had an idol in our life in one way or another. We all know that there's still this massive, empty void deep in our heart and deep in our soul that we're trying to fill with something else. And and where you see this son have physical suffering, physical poverty, we know that going about this same path in our own lives we'll end up spiritually poor, in the mud, just like him, empty and looking for a way out, longing for hung, longing to fill this this gap that we're missing in our relationship with Christ, similar to the son. In verse 17, uh, it says, When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer to be worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. And I hope that whether you're a leader or just listening as kind of going through this, that you can identify with that feeling of, of sin, of, of idolatry, modern day idolatry, um, where you feel desperate and you, you know, you finally click and come to your senses, whether that's a, a moment or something, or you, you know, you reach, you hit rock bottom or, um, just that idol, for whatever reason, is broken in your life, and you come to your senses, and God grabs a hold of you by your shirt collar, and you say, "What am I doing? What am I doing?" And I, and I've been there many times in in my own life, and and dealing with just trying to replace Jesus with other things, and you 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 come to this point where you feel so unworthy. You identify with this son so well. You feel so unworthy. You feel so empty you're not worthy to be called a son but you just want to be on the outskirts he, I mean just like this son father just make me a servant like even your servants have your hired hands have food to spare and I'm starving like just just let me in a little bit like I I, I know I'm so unworthy and so just broken over my sin and and leaving and and squandering everything you've given me and and just that feeling of having to go and reconcile and come face to face with the mistakes you've made uh, i hope that if if you're listening that you can you can identify with that it's a, it's a, that's a tough place to be and such a scary almost scary thing to have to go through um to really just come to grips with your sin in your life uh especially if you don't know jesus that's a that's a scary place to be because you see your brokenness and you're wondering if there is a solution if there is a is a permanent cure to this sin disease of searching and replacing and wanting something more than just what this world has to offer that always leaves us empty and so i can just imagine the the anxiety and the worry that the son has going back to his father just hoping that he can be a hired hand at the at the very most. I mean, he knows he's not worthy enough to be called a son, but Lord, just or Father, just help me just let me be a hired hand. And so, to keep reading, this is really just a beautiful part of the story, still in verse 20. It says, "But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son" just just think about that think about that image that picture of this story and how beautiful that is just the the forgiveness and the love of that father to welcome home his son is is overwhelming i mean just trying to even minutely put myself in that situation and thinking of just the grace and mercy experienced by that son after squandering everything he had, which is really ultimately his father's, but just just squandering it with wild living with mistakes, being left in the mud, empty and hopeless and without direction and the 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 last place you can possibly turn is to go back to your father, knowing just you can't even imagine how mad and angry and disappointed they'll be they'll be, and he it's completely opposite he welcomes him home with the best and the finest and with an overwhelming amount of love, bringing him back to sonship, not as a slave, but as a son. Um, I think about Galatians 4. Uh, Galatians 4.4, 4 it says, But when the, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship, and God God for all of you listening, God is offering you the very same. He's offering you to be adopted into his kingdom as a son by his Son. God sent Jesus born of a woman, perfectly sinless, Jesus lived the perfect life, died the sinner's death, took our sins on the cross, shed his blood, died, was raised three days later, just so you could become a son. We were left in the mud in our sin, just desperate, wishing, just like this this prodigal son, that we could, we could eat what the pigs were eating. And Jesus came from heaven, left heaven, came to earth as a man, humbled himself to death and even to death on a cross, so that we could be saved. And that is the beautiful story of what God is offering us through his son, Jesus. I just can't get over um, that verse 24 and 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 what this says. It says, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. If you're listening and you, you don't have a relationship with Christ, That it's no accident that... Jesus says that this because this is Jesus really narrating the story. It's no accident that he says, "For this son, you know this this son was dead and is alive again." Because if you are, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you are just filled with sin, as all of us are, and you feel it, you are dead. The Bible says you are dead, not not just dead on this earth as in you can't do anything beneficial for the kingdom of God and God can't use you here on earth for his kingdom, but eternally you are dead. Like you have eternal separation from God and are going to a place called hell. And the worst part about hell is not that it's hot. It's that it's, you are totally broken from anything and everything that has to do with God. Any comfort on this earth any beautiful sunset you get to see any relaxation you experience anything good on earth that you this is you will not experience an ounce of that in hell because there's total separation and absence of God and I've heard somebody say it best that this life on earth if you if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, this life on earth is the closest you'll get to heaven closest you'll get to heaven. But on the flip side of that, guys, the the reason that he can celebrate uh, his son coming back home, he says he's alive again. And that's exactly what we are offered in Christ Jesus is new life, new life in him. And so for the the believer, uh, life on earth is the furthest you'll be from heaven. We get to be in total communion, totally satisfied, and in awe and beauty of who Jesus is. Romans ten nine through fourteen, this is such a a huge a a huge part of the gospel, just a a part of the Bible that explicitly shares how to accept the gospel into your life. It says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As, any, as scripture says, verse 11, as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Verse 12, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And guys, that is offered to you today. I, I pray that as you walk through this, that this is the culmination of our study, that the gospel is offered to you. And all of our brokenness and emptiness and things and hope that we've been placing in so many material things on earth we can place in the son of god in jesus christ who died the the sinner's death so that we could come to have a relationship with him guys i mean he he bore our sin on the cross like our sin is forgiven and he will remember it no more he'll remember it no more like our sin that we've committed our sin that we will commit it's covered and God doesn't just see us down in the mud pit with the pigs. He sees Jesus in us. He sees this, his son that he sent to die on the cross so that we would be saved, guys. That, that is our hope. That is the only thing that saves. We're not saved by stuff. We're not saved by idols. And the whole point of this study is to point you to the only thing that can save you from your sin, that can fill that void deep in your soul, is the gospel? Is Jesus Christ a relationship with Jesus? And guys, I can, I can speak from personal experience, like the the life changing power that that is, and having a relationship with Jesus, and just the way that He transforms you, and the way that He transforms your living, and your desires, and your hopes, and your joys, and the the everlasting joy that comes from a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, there's still bad days and circumstances that are tough, but you have this eternal hopeful perspective that in the end Jesus is victorious. Nothing I've done, nothing I deserve, we didn't deserve the gospel. This son did not deserve to come back to his father and be forgiven and received as a son. And neither are we. But Jesus sees us as his loving children and died on the cross for you. And I hope that message just rings throughout your groups that Y'all have great discussions centered on the gospel, and you can explicitly share the gospel uh, with your groups because ultimately, guys, and I hope this this story of the prodigal son in Luke 15 kind of highlights that, but nothing saves. And anything that we put our hope in outside of Jesus, we're going to end up squandering, and we're going to be left in the mud with the pigs, hungry, broken, and poor but there is a great loving father that we can run back to just as broken as we are, just as empty as we are with nothing to offer. And he welcomes us home and he gives us the very best in his son, Jesus guys. I thank you for listening to this idle study. I hope this podcast has been edifying and helped to aid you in your study and the way that you lead your groups. Uh, but just encourage you be bold in the way you share the gospel and don't let anyone walk away without knowing the hope that they can have in Jesus, that this this false sense of hope and this, this chase that they've been having to play their entire lives of becoming that or having that, like we talked about last week, that they can find it, because it it's offered to them in a free gift in Jesus Christ and a relationship with him. They would declare with their mouth, believe in their heart, that God raised Him from the dead. You will be saved. Everyone who calls on Jesus' name will be saved. Guys, praying for you and your groups. Uh, I, I thank you for walking along this study uh, as a part of Full Count Ministries. Um, just so encouraged hearing the stories of guys sharing and and the conversations you've had uh, in our Fall League. Um, but thank you for listening. Excited to uh, be able to share this with you and just lead you through our idol study. Uh, catch you on the next episode.